2: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and this is a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you doing?
3: Doing good. Uh, Of course, July 4th, very fun day to be in american of course uh love independence day and everything that surrounds it of course we get 11 a.m baseball the washington nationals doing their annual tradition of playing at 11 on the fourth of july got a yankees double header that uh i kind of wish i didn't watch today but uh yeah overall doing good uh nice to have us both back on the show uh Once again, and uh, we got the full All Star Game rosters tonight. So, uh, yeah, I'd say it was a pretty action packed weekend in the league, but especially day today.
2: Absolutely. Now, how many eleven o'clock games are there a year? It's
3: just, it's just this one. No,
2: Uh,
3: is there? Oh, that's right. Because we went to the two and eleven o'clock game. Yeah, every every
2: year on Patriots Day, the Red Sox do,
3: and then that's the only other eleven. I believe so. Yeah, like unless there's a double header, maybe on like a getaway day, like I no, imagine, like if they if a team had to play a double header on like I don't know a Wednesday and they had to travel the next day on that Thursday, that they might start the first game like maybe noon. I think the Yankee game started at noon this year, but eleven is early when you consider that it was a nine inning game. So the players are getting to the stadium at like what eight, like seven thirty yeah, eight. Like that's that's early to, to start their day. I mean, like when you think about
2: and that like- and that's not and that's not everybody too, because there are some guys who would come in earlier than the norm. I mean, the norm is pretty early before game time, but there's other guys who come in for that. I mean, David Ortiz back in his final couple seasons had to come in like two hours before anyone else just to start treatment on his feet. So he was good enough to be able to play that day. So like you imagine there were definitely players in the building at like 6.
3: Yeah, and then you also have to account for like the the people who have to actually get to the stadium to open all that stuff up, right? You have to actually That's open okay. up the clubhouse. Then you have the front office members who I like they live in the stadium basically. I mean, it feels like those people they they work some of the longest hours out of any job being a front office member in a sports team. I mean, it's,
2: honestly, like, we have pretty sucky hours here at MLB Daily, but that would be awful.
3: And it's For, like, be, honestly, your job never. I stopped. love baseball. It never stops. Your job. I never love.
2: Comes. I love baseball, but I could never want to be in the front office. I really don't have any interest because, I mean, you think about it. It's Long hours, as you said, a ton of work, all for a lot of stress, a lot, a lot of stress. And you could be really good at your job, have a couple of years that things don't go your way, and then be out of work. You could make the moves that seem perfectly right, and one one or two pieces of bad luck completely screw you over, and you're consistently taking criticism through all of it. Like, these guys go through the ringer for the game. I have so much respect, and, yeah, I I, I wouldn't do it.
3: (laughs) No, I'd much uh, rather
2: make fun of the people who do.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's why uh, we are sitting here talking about the game uh, to you guys trying to dumb it down for the best we can. Well, to be fair, it is pretty dumb. We all know if you get money.
2: We, we all know if you get money, you're going to turn into the George Steinbrenner of some random single-A team
3: uh, and I would try know. to
2: push them towards the most wild, analytical approach that you can find.
3: No, no. Uh, see, because that's what the act, because that's what the 2021 uh, Yankees are trying to do is just be this wildly ana- analytically approachable team when, you know, clearly you we've, found out that while analytics prove to us a lot about every sport now i mean we're now now that we can actually track like the player speed and everything and all the all those different kind of metrics that aren't just hitting and running uh now that we can track that stuff like yes it's important and yes we have like much smarter teams now but it's not everything and the teams that just try to make it their whole MO for seeing what's happening to them i mean i don't want to say tampa but like tyler glass now goes down for them and their weak starting rotation gets even weaker and they go on quite a bit of a losing streak there i mean the yankees well
2: you say that but then that's Not talking about either. Sorry to cut you off there. Oh yeah, but that's not talking about the fact that, in my opinion, there is no, there is not concrete proof of this yet because they've had very limited playoff like runs and appearances, except the exception of last year. But you look at last year, their bullpen did not look spectacular.
3: In, in, the playoffs, playoffs, no, no, in the playoffs, no, no. I mean, Nick Which, Anderson. Which, again, further
2: proves y- with st- being a starting pitcher and doing a lot of innings is very different than being a reliever because you, pr- you prepare to be a- being a starter very differently daily and you're only doing it on X amount of days. I'm not sure that the innings load that they're putting on the bullpen as a whole in some of these more analytically driven, twice through the lineup teams, or that are consistently like that, I'm not sure that that is necessarily healthy for a bullpen long term. I have not; we have not yet to see it work, and I wouldn't be surprised. I have no stats on it, but you'd have to think either that that team, another raised team, or a team recently has to have the most bullpen innings in the modern era. Not not, not the modern era, but like since. Since like the 70s, when like the traditional, when the traditional reliever began, this is probably the most, no, it's like the most, it's,
3: it's, it's the most league wide, the amount of innings that starters throw has gone down pretty much every single year since like 2006, maybe something like that, which means that the amount of innings that relievers are throwing has gone up. I believe 2018 was the first year where bullpen innings surpassed starter innings in total, which means that in the average game, the starter isn't pitching for more than half the game. That's just basic math right there. But of course, like there's extra innings and stuff that, that do inflate that, but still. And now we see teams using openers. So it's like the starter throws one inning technically and yeah, no, but uh, the point that I was going to make there, uh, you talk about guys in the, the the bullpen getting a little bit overused. We talked about it the other night the Cubs, they have that trio Chafin, to Craig Kimbrell. I mean, we're certainly going to talk about the Cubs later. And I know you touched on them in your episode yesterday, but they've lost how many in a row now, LJ? Like it's it's bad for them and could it be because of the bullpen i mean certainly you can't blame every loss on the bullpen but those guys who've already thrown like 34 innings this year like that's a lot for 80 games for a reliever and like in my opinion 30 like being in 30 innings right now i don't know if you're throwing like close like in the 60 70 range like that's average and Normally, towards the end of the season, the games are more important. And you're going to want to use those guys more to already have them up there. That, that those those kind of uh, stats is a little bit shocking. But uh, I just wanted to say that because I know we're going to talk about them later.
2: Yeah, this also brought me back to a trivia question that I meant to ask Brandon a couple of weeks ago and never got around to it, but kind of comes into this whole bullpen innings thing. Do you know when the last combined no-hitter was for the Boston Red Sox? You have probably know this one, don't you?
3: Oh, all right. Is this like the one with, with the Babe Ruth when he...
2: Yeah, first off, they haven't had a combined no-hitter since 1917. That's That's a little crazy on its own. But yeah, it was the first combined no-hitter in MLB history. Babe Ruth gets thrown out... Arguing balls and strikes after he walked the first batter of the game, and then Ernie Shore pitched the entire game from there and finished off the combined no. He
3: pitched a perfect game from from uh, then on. He didn't allow any walks or any hits. I don't believe. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it was the next twenty six batters. So that's right because he that 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 uh guy who walked he got thrown out stealing or he might have picked him off actually. And then retired the next twenty six batters. So he came into the game, got twenty seven outs, allowed no hits, no runs, no walks, no base runners, and doesn't get the only thing he gets credit for is a no hitter. I mean, that's like the closest perfect game that's not a perfect game that we'll see. I mean, other than like what happened to John Means this year. I mean, that was what the drop third strike. So yeah, uh, is is
2: that Babe Ruth's only no hitter?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think that had to have been. He, his, him pitching, like, doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. Because, like, he was – he threw, like, 19 shutout innings in a World Series one year. Like, he was a really good pitcher. Like, he was – when he was on – the the Red Sox in the 1916 and 1918 World Series, he started games in both of those series like he was an incredible pitcher. And then it's like, oh, and I'm also just going to go and hit more home runs than like half of the league combined the next couple seasons when I go to the Yankees. I mean, it just it's just stupid. It's just stupid.
2: Yeah. And that, that was his only no hitter of his career. He, he did not record an out.
3: Wow, love it. I'll do Trout's,
2: over, Trout's overrated and Ruth's overrated. They're all <laughs> overrated. That's the, that's the moral of the story here.
3: Shall we talk about these all stars?
2: Yes, we shall.
3: Uh, so, actually, the way that I'll run through this, uh, I have a list pulled up here, and then they have it separated by team instead of position group and I think that because our show is about talking about all 30 teams we might as well just run through it but uh well
2: if well ooh by that logic do you want to just do it while we go through the games
3: ooh um I don't know I feel like we could get I at least want okay. to talk talk it through now. Yeah uh, and then we can add some more stuff on in the games if we feel it's 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 unnecessary but let's at least get all the names down and then we can go from there well starting off and we'll start in the american league as they are the away team uh
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office
4: Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. whoa Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. You really can sell to anyone from anywhere.
1: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.
3: The Los Angeles Angels. Shohei Otani gets selected as a DH and starting pitcher. He will be starting at DH in the game. Uh, Mike Trout, of course, starting in the outfield. And Jared Walsh uh, is a reserve uh, for the infield. He gets his makes his first all-star game. So it looks like uh, cutting Albert Pujols to give him more playing time was certainly not a terrible idea, but ethically very bad still. Indeed. Astros uh, certainly one of the best offenses in the league and they get three guys to make it. Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, Carlos Correa, their fourth guy uh, is out of the bullpen. Ryan Presley uh, makes it. uh, So no Jordan Alvarez, but uh, there's a couple other DHs that make it over him. uh, And we'll certainly talk about that. Well, we have talked about that, about how deep this, uh, dh class is in the american league
2: yeah it's deep but it's like not like yeah
3: it's very top heavy as i should say that very top heavy all right uh the oakland a's their lone all-star is matt Olson. i was not a fan of this i thought that mark canna and or ramon loreano should have uh, also made it uh also no matt chapman which is like You know, I certainly think we all thought that at this point in Matt Chapman's career, he would be like a no-doubt all-star. And, you know, he didn't make it in 2018, made it once in 2019, and uh, unable to do it again, and leads the AL in strikeouts. But, yeah, uh, I don't want to overshadow Matt Olsen. He's having a fantastic year. The... Toronto Blue Jays, Uh, Bo Bichette makes it. Vladdy Jr., of course, starting at first. Teoscar Hernandez starting in the outfield. And Marcus Simeon starting at second base. So they have uh, three out of their four starting infielders make the all-star game. Uh, Pretty, pretty good. Indians, Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez. Uh, No surprise there mariners you say kikuchi makes it as their lone all-star i absolutely love it uh that totally makes sense they you know they're a good team this year they have a they have a pretty good record and they've been playing good ball lately but they don't really have that standout guy and i think that kikuchi can be that uh we've seen foreign pitchers have success with them in the past and uh You know, LJ, I think we both kind kind of wanted to see him do good this year.
2: Yeah, we did. And I think what it came down to is, yeah, I mean, the guy that kind of gets really hung out to dry. Well, first off, everybody in Seattle gets hung out to dry because it's Seattle. (laughs)
3: Like,
2: you're not going to know those names. They are the most remote of the West Coast teams. So they're the the most
3: remote pro sports team out of the big four sports like in terms of closest team to them they are the furthest out of any team in any of the pro four sports the big four really yeah like they're they think about it like the nba you have portland you what have
2: vancouver in nhl
3: there's other teams there's there there's uh edmonton there's calgary oh. the those are I forget that
2: those are West Coast.
3: Yeah, but still, your point. Um...
2: Yeah, so you're not going to know a ton of these names. So I think there's a decent chance you could be talking about J.P. Crawford as a contender for this in addition to Yusei Kikuchi purely because um, – I mean, you look at the war numbers, solid enough defender. However, it's such a deep shortstop class now, all of a sudden that you're not going to leave off guys like Boba Shack, guys like Carlos Correa, who people really know, like everyone knows these guys, either if it's because of their heritage, if it's because of the team that they're on. I mean, these are standout names. So as much as quality is there, you've got market bias with some of these names in here as well.
3: Yeah, well, LJ, certainly the one guy we're hoping in the future will make it is LJ Newsome. So yes, we so have sir. that uh, for with Seattle. All right, uh, moving on, the Baltimore Orioles, their loan selection, uh, C- Cedric Mullins, very well deserved for him. Uh, of course, Mike Trout, Uh, gets the starting spot in center. He will not be starting in the game. He won't even be back playing MLB games till after the All-Star break. Uh, LJ, I think we can both agree. We hope that it's him that gets put in the starting lineup.
2: Yeah, it really should be, especially over the overrated Mike Trout. And (laughs) yeah, there there was no good reason for him not to be in this previously, other than how... Bad Baltimore is, but aside from him, I mean, aside from Trout, which it's unfortunate that I'm saying aside, aside from Trout because if he played, he clearly would have been the best of all of these, the clear pick. But I cannot complain with anyone else on this list of outfielders. I know I'm breaking away from the team, team by team. However, it makes a little sense to go, go here. If I just read them out quick. I mean, you got Brantley, Gallo, Garcia. Mullins who if they don't shine in every way they really shine in some way each of them
3: yeah and you know that's actually a perfect segue because those two guys that you mentioned on the Rangers there the Rangers get three all-stars Joey Gallo Adelise Garcia and Kyle Gibson certainly Kyle Gibson I talked about him on the show the other day how good he has been and then Joey Gallo I mean you know, he's one of those guys where if if a fan from the 80s saw his stats, they would just think, oh, just another home run strikeout guy. He's so valuable, like, in your lineup just to have him. And not to mention, he's a damn good fielder. I mean, he is really good at the oh, yeah. field. And, you know, you're absolutely right. Like, there is this this uh, AL group of outfielders is – really good and you wouldn't expect it with those names but like these are really solid guys there's not stars in there but these are guys that you were very comfortable uh having on your team and to see texas get three all-stars it, you know it's it's just been an interesting season for them they're clearly in last place but just a very top heavy team
2: again what are your thoughts overall Tiasca Hernandez?
3: You know, it's like he gets the starting spot. He's certainly not a bad outfielder this year, but I think a guy like Mark Canna has been way better. A guy like, uh, you know, Joey Gallo and Adelise Garcia have both been better than him. But I mean, I I certainly don't have a problem with, with him getting in. It's certainly not one of the worst ones, but I think, you know, if he was on like another team, like he would be the only guy to make it. Like he that's the only way I could have seen him getting in. Like let's say he was on like Arizona or something, it would have been like, oh, he's the only player that got in from there because all the teams have to have a player make it. Like he was good, but I don't think he's like that all star caliber player.
2: Yeah, I just there is nothing about Tiasco Hernandez I love this year.
3: Especially starting. I mean,
2: yeah, like at like you look at him. His numbers last year were fantastic. He would, if there was an All Star game, which I still stand by the fact that they should have given out All
3: Stars at the end of the year. Well, they did the All MLB team, so that no, was... no, but like, they
2: should have given look. it additionally and let the fans vote on that. Like if I you agree. let the fans, no, yeah,
3: I agree with that.
2: Fans yeah. vote through the All Stars during the playoffs, and you did like a reveal at the right before the World Series. It all would have worked out, and people would have had fun. I would be fine with him there, but I mean, you look at him from a war standpoint. You look at defensively; it's eh. even even his, but even his numbers have died down from a great twenty twenty for this guy. So, I, I the more I look at it, the more I hate it. And I'm not, of course, Mark Canna, but I feel like there's a number of other guys that I probably would have taken over him at this point and that's disappointing to have to see that in the st- as one of the starters
3: yeah you know if like he was a bench guy it would this wouldn't be as nearly as 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 big of a deal but the fact that he's a starter uh yeah i don't know also i don't I mean, know how I, don't- I feel about a team that's in fourth place having three starters like uh, that like that just seems wrong like how it many guys? How many guys on first place teams are starting in the National League? I don't think there's a single player on a first place team that's starting, other than Buster Posey.
2: In the National League,
3: yeah. Um, uh... there's no Dodgers players starting, right? Or actually, no, because they aren't leading. It's the Giants, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's no Tatis.
2: Um. No. And we're the gonna only one that the, the only one that could would be Burns. Corbin Burns or Brendan Woodruff.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I that that just makes but me. Honestly,
2: if if you were managing, who do you put in for the starter starters in these?
3: Oh no. I'm I'm I think that the the uh starters are pretty pretty good as they are right now. It's just it's just interesting that that's how it worked out. Uh I don't know who they're going to pick for the DH for the national league. Uh, But yeah, let's keep moving on with uh, the AL guys. The Rays uh, only with one all-star Mike Zanino. uh, I mean, I, I, I really want to say he took a Gary Sanchez's spot. Uh, This is tough. He's looking, he's having a good year. But he's hitting 205. Like yes, I see the OPS, 550 slugging percentage is uh, is really really good. 18 home runs, really really good. But he's hitting 205, and like hits last. Like he's he's hitting in the bottom of these lineups now. I, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting pick. Uh,
2: I mean, let's not forget. I mean, I, I granted I I, I I understand that this is a different. These are very different numbers, but Gary Sanchez had a pretty low batting average last time he made the all-star game in 2019. He was at a 232 for the season. So I'm not even sure it could have been even lower than that at the time that the all-star all-star you game. Was up. But I mean, I don't know. I think overall you have to consider the outside factors Gary Sanchez's performance over the past several years on I mean, either on one side of the at one half of the inning or the other or both have been poor at some point in time, on whether it's offense, whether it's defense, they have been poor in one way or another for the past several years. It's
3: just like every other eventually, year. It's just every other year. thing. Yeah.
2: Eventually, that reputation is going to build on you. Like, People, These people who are making decisions are going to have that sour taste in their mouth no matter what you do. Also, keep in mind, Gary Sanchez was not looking good up until June. like, he's having, a, he's having a great end of May, June. But, like, the first, the first month or so of the season wasn't great for him either. So, it's not like he came out of the, out of the gates swinging and hitting absolute bombs. Like, he wasn't clearly the best one of the group going into the – going out of the first couple of weeks of the season. So, I don't think there's been enough momentum for Gary Sanchez being good to get back to that. Also keep in mind, Brandon, we did that catcher segment back in late April talking about um, overall catchers from a catcher defense standpoint, offense standpoint. I believe we settled on Mike Zanino as being the best catcher in the American League East at that point in time.
3: Yeah, no. I, so I think what I said was uh, Kyle Higashioka was the best hitting catcher at, the, at that moment in the AL East. And I had Zanino two, Gary three, I think is what I ended up doing. Something like that. Uh, yeah. As, oh, you
2: as Hitting or ahead. defense?
3: Just in general. No, I think I was just saying in general. because Okay, like,
2: because that is a direct disservice to Christian Vazquez, who you have multiple occasions said was a top 10 defensive
3: catcher. Oh no, he's, he's, he's very good. I did forget about him. Um, Zanino right now, 1.6 war Gary Sanchez at 1.2. So, I mean, it's certainly not a terrible selection. I will say that and LJ, you do make a good point. He, he was terrible in the first really month and a half uh, Sanchez was. So yeah, uh, good for Mike Zanino. LJ, your Red Sox will be sending five players to the all-star game. Matt Barnes, Xander Bogarts, of course, starting at shortstop, his partner, Rafi Devers, starting at third, and then Nathan Avaldi makes it as a pitcher, and JD Martinez uh, as a DH. Uh, LJ, you know, we already talked about Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers, but you know, the one that uh, is awesome for you guys is Evaldi because the Red Sox give him this contract after the World Series. And like you guys had him pitched in that crazy circumstance in the World Series where he was basically pitching his arm off, you know, coming off at two Tommy John surgeries. Should he have been in doing that? Like probably not, but it's the World Series. You're putting everything on the line. The Red Sox, reward him with that big contract, basically saying like, Hey man, thanks for helping us win a world series. We're going to give you this. Like you guys, he's, he was a good pitcher, but with the past injuries he had, I th- I think a lot of people thought that that was a very risky contract. It is pretty much paid off for you guys and yeah. how he's pitched this year. I mean, sure. His 2019 was really bad. So I can't say 2019. But what he did in 2020 and so far what he's done this year has been really good, especially this year. But 2019 was very bad.
2: 2019 wasn't entirely his fault, and I stand by that. For starters, the entire team from the manager on down severely struggled with championship hangover that entire year. So no one had a good first month. And then at the end of May, he gets hurt. It was either the end of May or the begin, or end of April he gets hurt, spends the majority of the year recovering from like a partial Tommy john something who knows and then gets brought back in to potentially be the team's closer. So he wasn't even in the rotation for the back half of that year. I will I will completely give him a pass on 2019. 28 but 2020 and now 2021, he has done a valiant job trying to be the number one guy for this team and it's and last last year of course that was with a very unexpected circumstances you had a guy who just came off of a 20 win season that was definitively going to be there you had a guy who is known as one of the best pitchers in the american league at the time and chris sale going to be there and then all of a sudden chris sale goes down that that winter and then Evald or not Eovaldi Eduardo Rodriguez gets COVID-19 and has all of the heart issues after that and has to miss the season. So he was looking at it like, okay, I'm going into this season as the number three starter and then quickly was thrust into the number one role. So that is a, that is a kind of whiplash and then comes in here this year and has really pitched great and I think I've failed him in defending him over the past couple weeks because Brandon, you know, anyone who's listened to the majority of these episodes knows on numerous occasions, I've said Nathan Eovaldi's numbers do not match what he's done out there. He has been far better than his at, right now. It's a three, four, one, but at one point it was like up near four ERA. Like, I genuinely had no clue how it got
3: there, but you yeah, know, he is a really low fifth. Like if you, if yeah. you check out his fifth, I mean, 2.55. So it shows that he's been getting like pretty unlucky with the, the, uh, field fielders, excuse me.
2: Yeah. Part, part of it has been that I will admit, I would like to see the defense improve next season as a team, because, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has run into the same issue, but to be honest, like I wasn't, I've had really, a really hard time. Brendan and I were talking about this before the episode. I've had a very hard time gauging this team this year. It took me a very long time to actually identify like this is an actual competitive team. Like this team, if it gets going at the right time is really going to be a force in the playoffs. And if they get the right pieces there, it took me a while to get to that point. And I also didn't know exactly where to place Nathan Evaldi in like how good he was, how well he was performing. Then all of a sudden, I believe I was listening to section 10 podcast. It was uh, Steve, Steve Peral, I think it was that said it that he thought that Nathan Eovaldi should be an all-star. And I was a little hesitant at first. And then you look at the war. 2.5 WAR this season, and I think that's like that's definitely top. That's top five among AL starters, right?
3: Oh top yeah, top five among to starters. Be. Yeah, no, it has to be.
2: That's that that's that's a sizable amount so far this year, and it's just it's been a great year for him. He deserves it. As for the rest of them, I mean, JD Martinez is a no-brainer, and I don't think I have. I don't feel like I have a good enough. Uh, pulse of the reliever market to properly have said that Matt Barnes couldn't have gotten in, but he was certainly, he has been great recently and he was the best pitcher in best reliever in the month of April. So he definitely had a odds on favorite spot to get in.
3: You, you, you're just going to hold that he was the best in April just because the league, Voted on, you know how much of a scam and BS that award is because Nestor Cortez got votes Mm -hmm. to win it in May or in June. Like, what okay, I get like he's good, but he's literally just a dude nasty, yeah. But he just eats innings, like, he's never, other than tonight, he's never, he doesn't pitch any sort of high leverage, it's just all. Low rev, low leverage stuff, but uh, don't get me started on
2: high leverage, low leverage after that last night against Oakland. Oops.
3: Well, let, let's wrap up the AL and then we'll run through the National League. Uh, the Royals and Tigers both send one player, Salvador Perez for Kansas City. Of course, he's starting at catcher for the Tigers. Gregory Soto out of the bullpen will uh be there all-star their lone all-star this reminds me back in i believe 2017 a player by the name of joe jimenez made the all-star game actually it was 2018 for the tigers joe jimenez made the all-star game for uh the tigers that year and was their lone all-star and now they send uh gregory soto a left-handed reliever who has does he have any saves this year six saves this year uh four and one and a 2.180 ERA. So yeah, I mean, I guess that that's the that's the most best player on the Tigers. I mean, surprised one of those starters didn't get it, but I guess there is too many good starters in well, the A.L. Like actually, I, don't know I was if about you to... It to Casey Mize, but he's been pretty good. Yeah,
2: because that's what I was going to say. Actually, was that Casey Mize probably could have been that guy over Soto. Soto has been very good, but. Then I had to take a quick look at it. Odds are Shane Bieber doesn't play. So is there somebody else you would put in there ahead of Mize?
3: I'm going to argue right now because I just saw these stats that Soto's not even the best pitcher in this this bullpen this year. Uh, I don't know if they just wanted a left-handed pitcher, but Jose Cisnero has thrown more innings. He's thrown 36 innings. He has three saves. He has more strikeouts and less walks than uh, Soto does. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, though. I mean, these, like, more than likely will not pitch or only pitch one inning in the game, anyways. But now this bullpen has two ex all stars in Joe Jimenez and Gregory Soto. So they're certainly racking up the accolades uh, in the Tigers bullpen right now.
2: Is Aaron Savali one of the guys on the IL? I'm blanking.
3: Oh uh, yes, all three okay. of like the actual like good Indian starters are. Um.
2: So I think we can argue Casey Mize gets into this game because Shane Bieber will not be playing. They're gonna have to bring somebody in on that one. Casey Mize is the next guy here, in terms of war, that isn't hurt, that isn't on the team. He's yeah, currently okay. seventh in the, he's seventh in the American league in war with 2.8 wins above replacement and everyone else that isn't in it. Savali, means are the only two above him that aren't, um, they, they of course have been hurt or spent significant time being hurt. The only other guy you could consider with would be, uh, Chris Bassett
3: didn't make it. I'm not like completely missing his name. Am I? No, he didn't make it, but I thought that he had a good chance to make it, actually.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I think overall, Casey Mize probably has more pull than Bassett. Like, this is a guy that is a top prospect in the league.
3: Yeah, he was, I mean, he was the number one pick in the draft. Like, that's...
2: If you can put a top 15 prospect while they're still listed as a prospect into the All-Star game, then I think that's a win for the MLB. So, if they have any if, if they're choosing this, I think they will probably go with Mize. All
3: right. Uh, we have three teams left in the AL to go over the twins. will send Nelson Cruz. So the three DHS for the American league are Shohei Otani, JD Martinez and Nelson Cruz. Uh, Hard to leave Jordan Alvarez out, Uh, LJ. Believe it or not, he has over a 900 OPS this year, and it's just, you know, you can't leave Cruz or JD out, and they insist on putting Shohei in as both a pitcher and a DH. So, uh, potential snub there. But they should
2: just like, couldn't they have just given him like a special chair to sit in to make things fair for everybody else? Like, okay, you you're know, an all- star, You're going to go sit over here and watch the game, and we're going to cut to you every now and then
3: and have you wave. Uh, we'll please don't in. give ESPN ideas. I mean, that, that sounds okay. right up their alley. Because then they'll just stop showing the game, and they'll just focus on whoever. That's their entertainment now. All right. Uh, White Sox will be sending Liam Hendricks, Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, all three of those fairly obvious uh jose abreu uh surprised that he didn't make it uh you know he's he's been having a good year but he is hurt right now so that does make sense uh is he hurt no he's not hurt No. Oh. uh at 244 he's got like a, a close to an 800 ops no it's not that bad uh, okay uh yeah liam hendricks lance lynn carlos Rodon for the white Sox and the yankees send Aroldis Chapman, Garrett Cole, and Aaron Judge will be starting in the outfield, of course. Uh, but let's move on to the National League. Uh,
2: Wait, real quick, what about Yon yeah. Mankata? Just a thought, yeah. just throwing it out there. I'm trying to think of a position player because, like, it seems a little out there. It was just I was a little caught off guard just with how consistent this Chicago team has been that there wouldn't be. An all-star position player, but then I couldn't immediately like think of anyone I was like all in on. Yohan Mankada, two point two wins above replacement this year, one twenty-three OPS plus with only five homers. That's really his the power is, and of course his. He's got over a
3: four hundred on base
2: percentage.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that's you know a lot of guys. Ooh. You know, I said I don't know about Adelise Garcia, but he's an outfielder. So, like, infield-wise, you know, you can't take off Bo Bichette, I don't think. Can you, can't you? take off Jose Ramirez.
2: No, you definitely can't. I think the two that are non-negotiable of that is
3: uh, Jose Ramirez and Jose Altuve. I'm certainly not taking off Carlos Correa. I think that he's been outstanding this year. I think LJ made the the comment on my episode that he it's getting close to where you we can start making the Correa over Xander Bogarts for just this season. Uh, it's it's getting close, but
2: well, frankly, frankly, I think over the past three seasons, it's been very close to even. Like, I'm comfortable enough in my love for Xander Bogarts to say, while I would pick him over Correa every day, I can f- certainly understand anyone who picks Correa there.
3: Yeah, yeah but so as I- for if I would take anyone off here, I honestly don't know. Uh, but I mean, I suppose I-, I think he could end up still getting into the game if someone gets hurt or something like that but when you said like you know you check out the white Sox lineup you can't think of like a guy who would be an all-star the two guys who like we were expecting to be all stars you know they're both they've both been hurt for how long i mean both luis robert and eloy jimenez you know those are guys in the future that we expect to be playing in this game every year so uh
2: big big brain move pull uh, adeles garcia Move Jared Walsh to the outfield. Bring in Yohan Mankata.
3: All right. Sign me up. Say so. All right. National League, the Braves. Uh, of course, Ronald Acuna starting in the outfield. They will send Ozzy Albies and uh, Freddie Freeman starting at first base. Uh, yeah, pretty solid group there. That's their core it has been no real surprises. Uh, nice to see Ozzy Albies make it. Uh, I still think he should be starting. Uh, LJ still thinks he should be starting because of yes. Javi Baez play. Got to cover first base. Yeah, I forgot to cover Fundamentals. The Brewers will send a trio of pitchers. No surprise that no offensive guys make it for them. It will be Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Josh Hader. LJ, I'm I'm going to go bold here. Uh, you know, depending on when Jacob deGrom pitches, if he is not able to go, I want to see Brandon Woodruff start the all-star
2: game. Um, I thought you were going to say you wanted to see Freddie Peralta in the all-star game. Um, I also
3: want, I also thought that Freddie Peralta should make it, but like, once again, this is a really deep starting pitching class in the national league. Well, I think that should be the first spot we look
2: before I say get into what you just said there. Who are you putting into this game in a replace of Jacob DeGrom? Because it, I, as far as I'm concerned, I would not bank on Jacob DeGrom playing this game.
3: Oh, that's right. I forgot that he uh, is he back on the... Uh, no, he's still... So he's no, he's starting, on the, he, 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 He's through. playing.
2: He's playing. He's just going to start the last game of... Or the second to last game of the first half of the season.
3: Okay. Yeah. So so it's It would it would have been his light bullpen day. He said. So if he's not going to pitch in the game, can they like put another player in the All Star game? Like can can we get Freddie Peralta? I think so. All right. I I would assume so. Let's put Freddie Peralta in the All Star game, please. Two point one seven ERA and one hundred and twenty two strikeouts. That's more than any pitcher on that staff. But I also think
2: that's partial. Is that partially because they can't put Trevor Bauer in this game?
3: Yeah, no, uh, I believe Because I'm, I'm so. trying to think
2: of who else could get into this. You could put somebody else from San
3: Francisco in. You can give them a case. Um, yeah, you know, but I think it's just been like, uh, Galsman is like pulled away. Like they were really good. And I still have a quote from you where you said, we're going to look back on the season and say that the Giants had the best rotation. You said that like in mid-April. Uh, they're still third in the ra i still can i still can buy that oh yeah no absolutely but they aren't like they were going crazy at the start of the year it was it was pretty crazy what they were doing i think every every rotation is quieted down a bit since the sticky stuff is no longer being used
2: well who's on the il somebody's got to be there right logan webb and andrew sanchez aaron sanchez so those are two pretty good arms that aren't currently with the team and haven't been for the last month or so. I mean, Sammy Long isn't gonna get the job done for you, and Johnny Cueto has been. Sammy up and down. Long Junior. Um, but anyway, what was I saying before that? Oh, who I would put into this game? Yeah. So I mean, I I think you could make you could make a case for Anthony Desclafani, in my opinion. But as for who's starting this game? It will not be Brandon Woodruff. It's going to be Herman Marquez. Nice. Okay. You know, I'm honestly dead serious.
3: Nice. I mean. Oh, uh, okay. No, it, I just realized yeah.
2: at cores and you're at cores. And he has been arguably the best pitcher in the last
3: m- month going into this game. Dave Roberts is going to be petty and not starting.
2: In, yeah, I mean, but you can certainly make a case for him over the last month, basically since Brandon said he he cannot consider him the best pitcher and you know, now degree. he has been the best uh, pitcher.
3: And in... so I did revert on that claim the other night. No, no, see, Here's the great thing about making a take is that now I can say that I was wrong to even I see like my original take on it was good enough. However. They they both made an all-star game now, Ubaldo Jimenez and Herman Marquez. However, Ubaldo Jimenez finished third in a Cy Young voting. We got to see Herman do that. I mean... That's the only way you're going to allow him to be the best? Well, he has to get a vote for Cy Young once in his career. For me to consider him, like, he's never got a vote for Cy Young. Yeah, and if what if he, he ends up with, like, three all-star games, three all-star
2: appearances, and...
3: Who has like a
2: ton, so. a ton more, a ton more like counting stats than him. Who's that? Like, I don't think you can draw that hard line.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, once her mom Marquez makes three all-star games short, sure. but this is his first.
2: You're lucky too. like, he barely made that before he left Colorado.
3: Um. <laughs> oh, who knows? Now that oh Je- Jeff uh, Breidich or whoever is still still running the ship there, they're going to be like, oh, he's too valuable to us. Now we made the all star game. See, we can't trade him.
2: But yeah, I mean, I think you could certainly make a case. I would like to see Herman Marquez start the all star game.
3: All right, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals will send two players, Nolan Arenado starting at third base in what should be a nice reunion for him at Coors Field. He actually just played his first series back at Coors Field just uh, this week, but uh, he'll be starting at third base. And Alex Reyes, who has just been absolutely nails out of the bullpen as their closer this year. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of a disappointing, I guess is the word for the Cardinals, like to only get two All-Stars and their season very similar to the Yankees season, both entering as the favorite to win their division and severely underperforming. The Cubs, who are also in a cold stretch right now, they will only send two All-Stars. Chris Bryant, who has been incredible this year uh we you know uh, we were certainly on the chris bryant mvp watch for a little bit there lj was like a five-day stretch where it was like we tried to convince ourselves that chris bryant was the nl mvp favorite like no no it was probably like a week
2: yeah and it was and it was it was building for a little bit i think we're i think you're overplaying how bad this last month was because oh yeah no well, well
3: well, well, like April the May point. was very good. It, it was like but a, the it was, crazy. was
2: No one noticed for April.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Craig Craig, Craig Kimbrell makes it. Uh, I believe what's that eight now for him? Uh, I think so. Sounds right. A lot. I mean, he's only been in the league this is twelfth season, and he's made it. Yeah, this is eighth selection. So one of the most uh, dominant pitchers of my generation uh certainly all right the diamondbacks lj this was a hot topic i saw a post on the baseball subreddit where a guy basically wrote out a five thousand word essay trying to figure out who the arizona diamondbacks all-star should be it goes to eduardo escobar who i would probably agree on this one uh Look, he's hitting 250. He's got a pretty high slugging percentage at 472. So he's close to a 900 OPS or yeah, pretty close to 900 OPS. And he's hit 18 home runs this year. So that's certainly the most on Arizona. If you had to pick someone, I mean, you're certainly not going to pick any of the pitchers, uh, even though uh, Merrill Kelly has not been bad. Uh, This year, you you just can't pick any of those pitchers. So, yeah, Eduardo Escobar for Arizona.
2: Yeah. Uh, Brandon, I've never asked you about this. What are your thoughts on every team having to have a
3: player? Uh, You know, I think it's I I would rather see a player from every team than like I don't know because like when you can you can just start making cases for players on like the best teams and be like, oh, is Alex Verdugo an all-star? Like I saw people arguing that and it's like, look, like his team already has so many all-stars. Like first off he's not an all-star he's a great player but he's not an all-star there was there was people trying to make a case like oh he has a higher war than so and so and it's like yeah but it's also everybody
2: has a higher war than tiosca hernandez
3: (laughs) yeah uh in all seriousness though no no i think it's good for the game like i think it's good that every team gets so every fan base has a reason to watch
2: Hunter Renfro's numbers are very, very compa- comparable to Teoscar Hernandez. That's not good. Like, he's, he's a really good player, but I would be nowhere close to putting him in the All-Star game. I love having him, but no. Um, as for your point, I think you're 100% right here, Brandon. Not only is it good for the game to be able to have every market have a vested interest in this game, it's good to be able to show off products from different markets to people that wouldn't normally see them, also known as exposing the entire world to players that happen to play for the Seattle Mariners. Um,
3: but and the Tigers and the Marlins and now the Diamondbacks. It, 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 it's, it's a lot. And yeah, the Rangers. like,
2: I'm trying to think of the most remote, like, the teams that you just hear
3: nothing from. Oakland. Oakland's so – Oakland's such a classically 100- quiet team. They could win 120 games in a season, and, like, people wouldn't realize it. They would be like, wait, like, they just won the most games ever in a season. it's like, yep, Matt Chapman had 15 war. He didn't win the MVP, though. Just, you know. The White Sox.
2: It might be a hot take because they're so good. However, they have literally, like, it's impressive.
3: They the teams that pitch good, you don't hear a lot about because there's not like a lot of highlights that like you can show It's like look them they're striking out batter after batter, like hitters like you can show as many hitting highlights as you want, but when you're White sox and Milwaukee who doesn't who or who who have pitched so well this year, you know there's not a lot to really Brent,
2: the Chicago Cubs have spent the majority of our lives being a disgrace to the game before like 2014 2015 it was not good and it hadn't been good for a good stretch of time before that as well and yet somehow some way the Chicago White Sox were still considered the ugly step brother of the Chicago Cubs like that takes work
3: yeah no that's tough it is tough all right. The Los Angeles Dodgers will send three All Stars Mookie Betts, Max Muncie, who, uh, according to a tweet that I saw earlier, uh, Dave Roberts said that he will be the starting DH in the All Star game. Bad uh, choice. And we'll be hitting second. Terrible. We'll be hitting second. Terrible. Uh, certainly interesting but yeah max Muncie starting at dh and chris taylor also making the all-star game he's having a fantastic season glad to see him get rewarded with that uh the nl west leading san francisco giants will send three players brandon crawford makes it uh certainly a veteran of the all-star game and has been one of the best shortstops in the league uh, over the past 10 years. They sent Brandon Crawford, Kevin Gaussman, who I mentioned earlier. He's certainly in contention to be a starter for the National League. And Buster Posey, who is starting at catcher. Uh, Yeah. The Miami Marlins. Um,
2: Wait, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, I I do have to say, I'm not trying to shit on Mookie Betts here however I was genuinely surprised to see him on this list the Uh, numbers match up I get it like they do however this is going to be a segment that we've already discussed doing later this month a missing persons segment but he literally just won the world series and then disappeared from the entire world of baseball I have yet to hear Mookie Betts' name uttered Anywhere this year,
3: uh, like okay. he Other is that I just realized something. Yes, your point is very valid, and I do agree with that. But Justin Turner finished second for the final voting for the third baseman and didn't make the All Star game. Like he lost on by like five thousand votes or something, and or to Chris Bryant. Like, did not lose by a lot and didn't make the all-star game. That's brutal. That is but brutal. To be,
2: but to be fair, again, this is exactly what we were talking about before. You cannot be considered, in my opinion, like, are you really an all st- Are you really a star if you're the seventh best player on your team? I'm not saying that he's the seventh best player. However, like, that's my point. You can only have some – I'd rather have the amount of guys, too. Like, I would rather have Eduardo Escobar than yeah. another guy.
3: Yeah. I, oh, yeah. That's he's the who one who's filling that spot, spot for him. Yeah, that's who took his spot. Damn. Well, the Miami Marlins will send rookie sensation Trevor Rogers as their lone all-star. Uh, LJ, this is just – I love it. I mean, this has been my guy since the start of the year. And I'm still contending that he's going to win NL a rookie of the year. But can we talk about Sandy Alcantara not getting in? Like this, this one was LJ. I don't know. You should look at his stats. Like he's, he's pitched 112 innings and has an under three ERA. Like that doesn't cut it anymore. Over 100 innings at the All Star break and less than a three ERA. Apparently, that, that it doesn't cut it anymore.
2: Oh, I understand, but I mean, you look at that team, you can't you can't pull a single one of those guys off of that. There, no, is, there there is no room for him on this on this group. That's just that just shows again, we've talked about it all year. The National League is the superior pitching performances have all been in the National League. And there are some teams here that have had very really good pitching years that aren't mentioned here. The one I'm thinking namely is the Dodgers do not have a starting pitcher in this game. Oh,
3: and they have four Cy Young winners in their rotation. And they've, got, they've got four Cy Young winners on this team, or three. three. Three in the rotation, four on the team.
2: Wait, who's the third in the rotation? Bauer. Bauer, Kershaw. Kershaw
3: and um.
2: we were saying Bueller would be four
3: oh that's right yeah he would be four yeah but still
2: you've got three and a potential fourth in that rotation and they've all played decent at minimum granted Trevor Bauer probably makes it if things hadn't transpired But but
3: who do you take off like who are we taking off like Trevor Rogers has to make it because he's the only Miami Marlin you're not taking off Kevin Gaussman are you really taking off like one of the Brewers guys? Like, I don't think so. I think I take off you, Darvish, before I take off Corbin Burns, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We still haven't got to him yet. Yeah. That's, yeah. He was probably the last guy in, but like, you could argue that he's been like better than some of the guys also on the list. I mean, it's just tough. Like, that's the thing with this game. There's just not enough roster spots. There's always going to be snubs, no matter how many roster spots you make it to. So, like, for the people who say, oh, we'll just make more, we'll just be having, like, have more uh, spots on the roster. We'll just be having these exact same conversations with just other players. It, 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 it's always like this, so.
2: Oh, um, can I kind of, I might be forcing a transition here. However, it was another take in response to your uh, Max Muncie mm. comment that you saw that tweet about. That is ridiculous and an injustice to the game because there's only one thing that any of us want to see here Kyle Schwarber deserves to be the DH for the National League and he deserves to bat leadoff
3: Absolutely
2: why I'm- why isn't that not happening Like I mean this is a guy who has made the leadoff spot fun
3: Like he is just like in Acuna or like taking yeah, over the leadoff spot
2: Like he is crushing the ball there and he doesn't fit the norm for that spot at all, which makes it even more amusing is the fact that he's like, they've just decided, okay, you're going to get the most fastballs here. We'll put you here and just have fun hitting moonshots around in Washington. And you're not going to give him that opportunity. He needs to be the leadoff hitter of this game. And it, ne- it has to happen. I mean, you can just throw him in that DH spot, put him right there, only give them one at bat and you're fine for the day. You can just keep rotating people through at that DH spot in particular. Why, why, why?
3: Yeah. uh, Well, it is a pretty good transition as it's the Mets and then the Nationals next. The Mets only send one player and that's Jacob DeGrom. The Nationals will send three. Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto and Trey Turner all make it. The Padres, my guy Jake Cronenworth gets the respect that he deserves. Jake Cronenworth in the all-star game. Yu Darvish, as we just mentioned. And Mark Melanson, also out of the bullpen, of course, leads the MLB in saves this year. And, of course, we can't forget Fernando Tatis Jr. starting at shortstop. All right, just a couple more guys here. The Phillies will send JT Realmuto and Zach Wheeler. Uh yeah, this is another pitcher that you know you I would not be able to take off if we were gonna want to put Trevor Bauer on there. Zach Zach Wheeler. Is he still lead the the NLN war? He might like he's been just killing it lately. He had another start a couple days ago where he's just yes, been going off and he's had 140 <gasps> strikeouts. Like Brandon. he can have a 300 strikeout season. Like realistically, if he can pitch deep enough in the games and can keep it up at, at this pace, like we could potentially see Zach Wheeler with a th- close, like actually I'll say 250 strikeout season. I would be very impressed. He leads all NL
2: pitchers in wins above replacement by more than one win.
3: The thing with him is that uh, yeah, it's partially DeGrom the has had like four less starts, right? So it's like... Still, but still, oh, still I mean, yeah, yeah we're,
2: we're, we're already pegging DeGrom as the best pitcher in the world. So that doesn't past really... Past that, past that, yeah. Yeah, we're way past that. We're really talking about... We've always been talking about second here, but I, I think you could say that he is squarely in second, even though no one's talking about it.
3: Well, we talked about the other day uh, star pitchers K per nine rising when they joined a new team. Like this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. With the Mets, he's at like a consistent eight and a half to nine Ks per nine. 2020 with the Phillies, he's got a pretty good sample size here, 71 innings. He drops down to 6.7. Okay, and pitches like probably the best year of his entire career. 2021, he goes from 6.7 to 11.
1: Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed. Heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com free22. Shopify.com free22.
3: And it's still keeping these walk rates down like he did in 2020. I mean... He just basically took the thing that he noticed what he wasn't doing enough, and that was he wasn't striking out enough batters in 2020, and just fixed that and is doing it at a career-best rate. It's, it's incredible.
2: I think the question we have to ask ourselves here, why is he not still a man?
3: That well, was one of the worst money moves. The, not the, what's their name? Well, the will ponds. Ponds, The will ponds when they run your organization.
2: That was genuinely a terrible money move, and you could see it right away. Like that was one of those things where you're like, all right, well, some of with some of those, like you can say, long term this will play out well for the team. This will not play out well for the team. Zach Wheeler had granted 391, I think his ERA was or something like that. That's not great. But his back half of that year was remarkable. His back half of 2019 was really good on the same level as, uh, what was that, the David Price 18, or was that the David Price 19 that he had that, like, crazy?
3: Oh, I July think that August. was 18,
2: 18. He had, a crazy, he had a crazy July, August into September. But, um, like, that he, – he was pitching like that for the Mets there, and you could tell that was going to continue to carry over.
3: Well, you I'm going to tell now. you why he didn't get re-signed. Well, because he missed, like, what, no, but three years? Like,
2: What's his contract now? It was only five years. He's only getting five years from Philly. Five years after human.
3: missing three years, though, is a crazy commitment. Like, people were looking at that and, like, saying, are they nuts? Like, this guy, he – had Tommy John and then had to do like an 18-month thing after he came back from Tommy John. Like, that, that Yeah, was but, that,
2: but that wasn't the market before that. I could have sworn we were all talking three to four years for this guy in the offseason before he got that deal. So if they had been proactive about this and given him a three- to four-year deal, he probably takes that before going into free agency.
3: Yeah. Or they could have just gave him the qualifying offer for a year. It's yeah. Like 19 million. That's what Kevin Gosman is on right now. And he's about to get paid. He's going to make so much in free agency. He's the, he's the real winner of the year taking the qualifying offer him and Marcus Stroman. I mean, they're geniuses for doing it because you make $19 million in your betting on yourself and now they're going to get paid. So yeah. Very smart. All right, let's wrap this up. Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds both make it from the Pirates. Uh, Frazier will be starting at second base. You know, uh, certainly I did not say coming into the year, I, w- I did not think in the slightest that two Pirates would be making the All-Star game, but Brian Reynolds has been too good to not make it. I mean, LJ, if, if you see what his OPS is, like, it is Crazy! It is like almost at 950. Like that's close to like when you start talking about like a guy for MVP, and this is just Brian Reynolds on the Pirates, who switch hitting center fielder, and talk about having a breakout season. I mean, this guy was a second round pick in 2016 by the Giants. This guy is still young. He's only 26, making the All Star game. I mean, he could potentially be a Very good player, and to see him having such a good year and make the All-Star game is nice because the Pirates do, they should have two All-Stars.
2: I really hope they hold on to these two guys. As much as a junk I give to Frazier, they are two very nice pieces to this team. I think you could say right now that they have at least down the line... You could say that the, give the case that they have three pieces over the next four years that are going to be solid, unless you want to make. Yeah, I think that's as much as I can give them. I can't go too far here. I'm not a miracle worker. It's just but it's the two you,
3: all stars and Hayes, right?
2: Yes, that's who yeah. I was giving it to. So you add that to a farm system which isn't terrible. It's not great, but terrible. I think they're going in the right direction because. If you wanna be a successful team, you need to fill out the lineup first. The lineup is the most consistent piece. You can find the pitching to make yourself work a lot of times afterwards, but we're gonna see teams like, I think Detroit may, in my opinion, this is probably something we should write down to use against me when this blows up in my face. There might be an example of what not to do because the vast, vast majority of their prospects that they've had be successful or look like they're going to be successful are high-end pitching. So you're going to have guys like Tariq Skubal, Casey Mize, Matt Manning all in there pitching great before they've even begun to construct a lineup. There is not a single part of that lineup in Detroit that you really like. So you very well may waste multiple years of those three trying to perfect a lineup to be competitive Whereas Pittsburgh is going to be there from the start, and they can mix and match arms until they get it right.
3: Yeah, you know uh, the thing with that is that I think you would rather have like more pitching prospects than hitting prospects because you can never not have enough pitching. But I think the thing that we're not talking about enough, like yes, this this uh like you mentioned, it's a solid farm system. I'll tell you, they have the number one pick in the draft next mm. week. I mean, it's a solid farm system, and they're about to get a guy who is like, you know, whether they get Marcelo Mayer. But the thing with the MLB draft is that there's like, in the, at least in this year's draft, there's like eight guys who could go first. And it's all based on like a money thing. It's all based on signing bonuses, slot values, how much the player wants to offer. Like, that's why we see guys like when Ian Anderson got picked third overall, like all the mock drafts and stuff had him going 15, 20 or whatever, but he cut a deal with the Braves. They said that they were going to pay him a certain amount. They were happy with that and they get the, their guy that they want. So the MLB draft, the actual order doesn't matter, but it's just which of these teams can get the guys that they want for the price they want. It's more of like a bidding war at least in the first round and then as the draft goes on it turns more into a real draft but
2: well i think also from experience at minimum as much of it is bidding into price because at the same time like the majority of a strong franchise if they see a can't miss prospect are going to be willing to give them what they want to get them but the thing with the MLB that makes it so unique isn't the fact that you still have like have to sign them and it's such, so rigorous to get that signing done. But it's the fact that you cannot trade picks. Yeah. The fact that you cannot trade makes things so much more interesting because you may have a guy that fits your need or fits your organizational like mindset or is just clearly to you the best player on the board that people don't think will be going for another 15 picks, but he's certainly not going to be there the next time your pick goes around. So you're kind of have to have your hand forced to taking somebody who would be normally deemed less value by a random um, place. Like, you know?
3: Yeah. And you know, I also think it's like where, because you can't trade picks you know, we see some of the same teams always picking at the top, but the MLB draft is also the only like draft where we regular I can't say that word where we see often first round picks they don't even sign like a contract. Like they re-enter the draft the next year or they go to college. Like that happens. Like I wanna say a couple years ago the eighth overall pick in the draft, like he didn't even sign. A couple years prior to that, or actually was it 2019, Kyler Murray, who ends up being the number (laughs) one pick in the NFL draft, the A's used like the 10th pick on him in the draft. Like, all right. Like we can talk about dumb picks. Like that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen because they knew he wasn't going to play baseball. And it's like- No, I, I stand by the fact that they could-
2: do you really think that baseball scouts are good football scouts? He won the like,
3: Heisman award. Like no, 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 you're no. really saying but, he's going to pick baseball over football, but no one was expecting him to win the Heisman award going into the year. He was like the number one quarterback coming out of high school. He he didn't lose a single game in high school. Like this guy has been, I know, but football, like football, football, football his whole life. And it's like, Oh yeah. He's also a wicked good baseball player too. It, as a person who co- follows college football pretty well, no one was
2: really talking about him for the the Heisman That's until, like, week five or six. Like, it was until after Trey Sermon got hurt that they actually started to take him seriously for the Heisman. So, overall, you could not expect him to go in, play one year as the starting quarterback for Oklahoma and then become a fir- immediately become a first-round football pick. You you couldn't expect that as the team, so, yeah, I, I I think I stand by that. If I'm Oakland, I mean, I don't I don't like the fact that I wasted that pick, but how could you know he was actually going to like succeed so much?
3: Yeah, I, you know I, you know that's also true, but I just feel like if it was like because I know Johnny Manziel got picked in the MLB draft. Some other guys got picked. Tom Brady, Brady got drafted. Right. Like, like, but those guys, they knew that they were going to be playing other sports. Like their other sports was their main sport. So they picked them in like the 20th, 30th round. They weren't using their first round pick, but I guess that just goes to show the teams. Like they, they know that these guys more than likely won't have an impact on your roster for years to come. So you can be
2: well, the other, very, the funny. other thing is, um, again, I don't actually remember watching Kyler Murray play college baseball. However, let's assume he's pretty darn good. Then you could have had a hit with a major leaguer with Kyler Murray. From everything I, w- I understand, let's assume that he makes the MLB as a baseball player. That is definitely a
3: stand out um what do you call it I mean he would have been like Like, the next like a Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders playing no no no.
2: let's say he just played baseball oh okay that and makes the MLB you're you're certainly saying that's a successful pick from athletically all he can do I would be willing to say he probably make makes it and it is probably decent it's probably pretty good especially with like what you've seen from him just screwing around with baseball right now. I would like to think he'd make it. So you have him making it. That's a whole, that's a a, a huge win. If you think he can, all right, let me restate this for the third time because I'm not getting it right. If you think he can be a star for you, that's a huge added value. However, what you're not considering as well is when picks in the top three rounds, if I'm correct, picks in the top three rounds decide not to sign the teams do get a comp- compensation
3: yes that, so that
2: they're taking a guy that they think has a, a very high ceiling and if he doesn't have that high ceiling they're at least going to get a pick that is Not as good, but at least pretty darn good back in return. So it's not like they're completely wasting and throwing away the pick.
3: Well, we did get a bit sidetracked there. We still have two teams left to go through with these NL All-Stars. And what better team to talk about next than the Big Red Contraption, certainly the podcast favorite team at the start of the season.
2: The hunt for Reds October continues.
3: Yes, and they're, they've they actually been playing decent ball as of late. Thanks to these two, Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker, will be starting in the outfield together. Uh, just not a lot to say other than that's awesome. I mean, that's everything that we wanted. That's how we both made our ballots and it's what we got. So we'll take it. And to wrap it up, the Colorado Rockies will be sending their lone all-star, Herman Marquez, who LJ. You, you uh, probably hate this pick, don't you? No, no. Okay. I have nothing against Marquez. the guy. I just think it's very you, funny you, to you, call you, a guy. Jimenez
2: sick of fat.
3: All right. No, now that they both made an all-star game, I'm not as high on Ubaldo. I, I you, clarified that earlier.
2: Brandon, you keep moving the goalpost back on Marquez. Every single show that we talk about this, Ubaldo Jimenez versus Herman Marquez argument, you have managed to make another hurdle for him to climb.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when you're debating... You, you currently are telling him he has to hit... In your franchise's history... It's it's not gonna His be
2: franchise barely has history. <laughs> um, no, seriously though, like you you're asking him right now to realistically, you're saying you want him to throw a no hitter to ensure a Cy Young award. You might as well have him win the Cy Young while throwing only no hitters for the entire year and win World Series MVP that same year. That's where I feel like we're tra- we're tracking.
3: I mean, it would be – I mean, if he did that, like – Blind. <laughs> all right, no, all right. If, if he does that, then he's not only the greatest pitcher in Colorado Rockies history, he's the best player ever. No, no. I mean, if he did a blind, then yeah.
2: <laughs> That's the only way now?
3: <laughs> you know, he might have to switch sports, you know – play, play a little football or something, or join the NBA, just switch it up a little, you know, because Ubaldo Jimenez only played one sport his whole career. So if you want to be better than him, you know, uh, a second sport wouldn't be, that would, that would help him out significantly. Maybe he can become like cornhole. You know, I was thinking something a bit more like endurance-based like swimming or something like i don't know he's a pitcher he's got a strong core like i, I feel mean, like there's, i feel like they have to swim a lot like that's how they condition themselves like i feel like he could be a nice on the usa four by a hundred meter swim team
2: i mean there's a pretty good precedent for pitchers playing more than one sport right because i mean i feel like Bartolo Colon definitely gave Joey Chestnut a run for his money every now and then, right? When they were matched up in competition.
3: Speaking of Joey Chestnut, because this is July 4th. I mean, can we seriously consider him one of the best athletes ever? And yes. also LJ, I saw this point on Twitter today and I need to bring it up right now. So, you know, we say like in pretty much every sport that, the players in the 1970s versus the players today, like, of course the players are better because just as humans, we evolve, right? So are we going to talk about Joey Chestnut like winning 14 titles? The way we talk about like Bill Russell winning 11 titles where it's like, yeah, like that's awesome, but like we evolved, Or is Joey Chestnut, has he broken that? Or he is just so dominant that no matter How much the sport of competitive eating evolves, like, is he just so immortal, so dominant that no one's going to, like, we're going to think that he is still the best ever, like, the most talented ever?
2: Yes, I do think
3: that is the case, and here's why. Because it's not the case in literally every other sport that you bring up, it's not the case.
2: Well, to some people, it is the case. But if you're talking about across the board, you're right.
3: Yeah, across there, the There's
2: board. not, there's not consensus greatness. Bill Russell is criminally underrated, though. Um, but that's not the point here. I think it's gonna. I think he's gonna be the exception to the rule, because you look at his competition,
3: Brandon. There has been no one close. <laughs> not there has been no one except close. for the one year when he lost, but that was just a fluke year. I mean, it it happens.
2: Like there is consistently he's consistently trying to be himself not the competition around them he wins these things by like 20 dogs and no one's going to be around so by that logic if no one is touching him by sheer numbers right now then we are going to spend i would have to say at least 20 years 25 years you can put this in the book right now at least 25 years after his retirement we will be chasing Joey. So People will be chasing Joey. No, I mean, like... His before, records won't be touched for a long time after he comes out of this. Well, also, after, like... After he has a heart attack.
3: <laughs> while we can, like, keep evolving, like, in sports and stuff, like, I feel like we're close to the limit on the amount of hot dogs you can eat in 10 minutes. Like, well, 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes, like that's gotta be pretty close to like what the human body can withstand. Right. Like, I don't know. You see, that's the thing.
2: Like you don't know until you've broken it. Like I think we've broke. I think we might've actually broken the limits of the like fully, like the muscular athletic human body because guys like, I'm sorry, Zion, there's way too much muscle on that guy for DK. What
3: I said, uh, DK Metcalf yeah too. there's
2: way too much money on money muscle on some of these guys for their joints their bones everything to withstand this that's why we've already seen Zion hurt as much as he's been
3: so he literally broke through a shoe like he broke yeah. through a basketball shoe so
2: I think we very we've come very very close if not hit the limits of human strength and conditioning strength and conditioning from an athletic standpoint With that being said, I have no clue how close we are with hot dogs because theoretically, you're going to get stronger with age. Like, because like a lot of this is about training the body to be able to not only the esophagus to be able to expand and everything, but the stomach to be able to expand. So theoretically, the more you train it, it's not going to really decrease as long as you don't like stop training. Like, if you, like, took a year off, if you took a year off, you're going to see bad results. However, theoretically, his stomach and throat are only getting bigger.
3: Well, also, like, I feel like it's a sport where you're kind of constantly training because you're just, you, 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 you have to eat food to survive. Those guys have such a fast metabolism that they just eat. I mean, like, he is a skinny guy for, like, relative to like what you would expect someone who eats 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes to look like, like he's in pretty good shape. And he is. And have you ever seen, have you seen the little, you know,
2: the um, it's not the one that's on Sundays. I think it was just a regular sports center, like piece that, where they do like the mini documentary things Mm. on his like training regimen. And it's basically like multi-week programs that he's on. First off, he runs, like, a couple miles, a mile or two every day. Like, he does, like, legitimate health regimen to be able to withstand
3: eating all of these things that are very bad for his body. I mean, like, you have to. Like, how do you just, like, down 76 hot dogs and buns, by the way? Like, the buns, yeah. that is so much bread that is just going into your body. Like, f- forget the hot dog part of it.
2: I have I have trouble handling the bread bowl at Panera. <laughs> And here he is down at hot dog buns.
3: He's just, and like, when you're on the pace of, like, like I can't even speak right now. Like, just watching him today was amazing. But when you're on the pace of 7.6 per minute, like, I can't even think about eating seven hot dogs, like in one sitting, and he's doing that in a minute. And then multiplying that by ten, all back to back, wow! Like that dude who runs the competition is like screaming in his ear, basically. I don't know the that whole competition is awesome, but yeah. So major league eating needs to be televised more because apparently some guy, LJ, I'm not sure how if if you watch the competition today.
2: I did not get to. I've been well. all
3: over if you get a chance to watch a replay or something you, you need to watch the introductions because they introduce a bunch of the competitors mm. some of these guys so they have like major league eating rankings right yeah and it's like all right this guy is the number seven major league eater in the world so it's like all right like that's cool this one guy ate 25 and a half kale salads in like 16 minutes, like big, like the big kale salads. He's the world kale eating champion.
2: There is there is no reason that competitions for other foods aren't put on TV.
3: <laughs> Who doesn't like want we to only see-
2: get the hot dogs?
3: Yeah, well, that's because it's the fame, like that's the big competition. I know it's the
2: famous one, but like let's get some more out there because there's like donuts there's a couple other that are big in like everything there's a couple that are big in Scandinavia like the competitions are Scandinavian that they go over there for and I can't remember what they are but you know these guys like legitimately work because not only do you have multiple competitions a year but you're training by building up how much food you eat to, to get up to one practice round like the human body realistically cannot withstand doing that more than once a week or once every other week if you're at your peak performance. So you you only get to practice getting to that point a number of times before you actually have to put it into practice. Like you can take a hundred, you could take a hundred shots, two hundred sh- basketball shots a day to get better. You can't eat a hundred hot dogs a day. It can't be done.
3: No, like it's so much extra work that you have to put in to get better at something like you're absolutely right there. That's a great point because you're saying he has a training regimen. He has to go on runs. Like he has to diet a certain way. Like he can't be out here eating terrible food for him because then your body's not going to function at its top level. He has to do so much stuff to prepare his body other than just eating hot dogs. And then he also has to be good at eating hot dogs too. Like, like he, he's pretty talented. I mean, like, yes, that's his job. And like, that's what he does. But I mean, this dude is a national treasure. And
1: he is and we every year the- on the
3: 4th of July to just watch him pound hot dogs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's amazing.
2: It's the thing. our Our kids are never going to understand what we no. are watching. No, they aren't. And you haven't even mentioned the most grueling and to me, I can't wrap my head around part of being a professional eater, the cool down in that, in that, in that documentary, Joey Chestnut flat out said, yes, he is medicated for like that stuff. Like he, he does things to help it come out easier down the other end, but it is not fun by any means it is horrible it's grueling to get that all out because the body is not meant to have that much in
3: (laughs) no it's not and i believe the rule is also like five minutes after the competition ends you're not allowed to throw up like if you throw up after the like right after the competition ends like it's over like you get dq'd like what do you think you feel like after you just ate 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes like you cannot feel like like, yeah and like the crowd's cheering him on and like i'm sure he has like a great adrenaline rush or whatever no yeah just physically like you cannot feel better than like a four out of ten like tell me like that like you can't argue
2: i'd give myself i would say six mostly because of the adrenaline mostly because the true bad effects will not go on in that think about this you've if you've ever, you've over, overeaten, I'm sure at some point in your yeah. life, where you're like, I don't feel good. I've eaten too much. And those are over meal sittings that might be 30, 40 minutes long. So you have more time to really eat your food, feel your food. You're putting all this into your body within 10 minutes. It takes longer than that for your body to reach that point where you don't like really don't feel good. And you're like, you don't, don't get there add that to the adrenaline i genuinely think you're probably fine for the least at least the first half hour to an hour after it however from then on it is not good and if i remember that documentary that i keep quoting but haven't seen in like two years so don't take this as gospel i don't think the meat sweats start until at least like two hours after okay so but then but then you have them for like a day straight
3: Joey Chestnut, though, like I'm not sure how much like they they make these guys that are eaters,
2: his net worth,
3: but he can walk into any bar in America and get a drink for free for like the rest of his life. He's drinking free everywhere. You
2: no, know, this is the second time I've looked this up today. I don't remember what it is.
3: Um, and now my my ESPN that's on my TV right here. Uh, is showing Joey Chestnut highlights, so I mean, we love it.
0: Uh, love as for the
3: show though, uh, yeah, so I believe it's the first time <laughs> we're just gonna f- straight up cut the game recaps out. Uh, this is the
2: first day we've talked about hot dog eating more than recaps,
3: but no, but to today, fair. today we had a reason, like, yes, there was a lot of good talk about the all star game, which was very much needed,
2: yeah, and we did exactly what we've always said we were going to do. We've given you what we expect. You expected daily baseball content and we covered every team of the MLB today as we have with every every team the entire MLB season. We just did it through the All-Stars not the games.
3: Yeah, and you know like certainly at the at the top of the show and during the show sometimes. Yes, of course LJ and R LJ and I are Yankees and Red Sox fans, not respectively, but um, it's like, yeah, of course we're going to talk more about those teams because that, because like those are the games we're watching, but we still have MLB network on like all the time. We still are monitoring these other games and go ahead.
2: Yeah. Honestly, like I was thinking about this the other day because one of the big things that we talked about when we were creating this show was, How do we be fair and balanced and try to get to as many teams as possible, knowing that we were going to have more intelligent insight on our own teams, but we still need to look at other ones. I stopped the other day to think about, okay, what team have we not stopped and really talked about lately? And I think I can maybe say there's two teams that we've kind of really not talked about but other than that like we could we we could easily clear up and make even the lack of coverage within a week like we have been incredibly balanced like i feel like we've hit the nail
3: on just about every team can i can i guess the two teams yeah can i guess one of the two teams yeah seattle no i feel like we've talked a lot about seattle Yo, we have because of Jared Kleenex. Yeah, wow. See, I forget. Like, I like, I don't even think about that. We're talking about teams now that we are. All right, Uh, I'm gonna guess one. You know, we don't talk about Colorado a lot, and now that they're hosting an All Star game, like we talk about Hermann Marquez. Oh, I guess that does count. Yeah, it Uh, it
2: counts a lot. We've also talked about Trevor Story quite a bit. We've also talked about what his face. We have not checked the Twins. No, we talked about how bad the Twins are a lot this year.
3: That's because oh, I forget. And Byron Buxton. Yeah, I forgot they're supposed to be good. All right. Um, All right. The Cardinals, I know for a fact, like, since they started going downhill, I've mentioned it a couple times. But we haven't, like, fully, like, gone into what all their issues are. But we've, of, t- we certainly talk about them, but not, like, that's one of the teams that comes to mind.
2: The Cardinals are one of the teams that I was talking about. The, the, they were one of the teams that came to mind.
3: Let's see. The
2: other one was Texas, and I'm starting to back off that because we do talk about Adolis Garcia a lot.
3: Yeah, and I mean, now, now like uh, Joey Gallo is legit. So, well, you know, oh, Joey and, and and Kyle good, Gibson yeah. is, is Kyle really Gibson,
2: good. I think, is more of the story here. Could Kyle Gibson again? This is a better date for we should put it table this for another day, but Kyle Gibson, trade candidate.
3: Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Especially when, Absolutely. you know, I saw something the other day, the Red Sox should try to trade for Joey Gallo. Like people were saying that to make that work because you guys could use an extra outfielder. Cause LJ, I know how much you love Marwin Gonzalez on the bench, but just to have another outfielder. So he's not your emergency guy out there is would be great. You certainly have the prospect. Yeah, Danny Santana not,
2: would go before Marlon.
3: Oh, yeah. Even better. And I'm not saying you have to trade Tristan Cassius or Jeter Downs or whoever, but I genuinely think the Rangers are going to want to sell. They can, like Kyle Gibson, LJ, have you seen what his contract is for the next two years or for the next yeah. year? So he's on $9.6 million this year. million next year and then as a free agent after the 2022 season so very affordable whether it's a package deal honestly if the rangers package up kyle gibson and joey gallo they will get afford that they could get a king's ransom build up this terrible farm system that they have right now and honestly get that restart that they need like that would unless they think they can get more more if they trade each of them individually which they could because it's you know two two separate suitors and everything but I think that they're one of the teams that could greatly benefit from trades here
2: honestly like if somebody asked me and we'll do this at some point closer to the deadline what I wanted the Red Sox to do like first off I would not be I would not be upset with them if they didn't try to go all out Like, again, as much as I've bought into this team, I have always understood and respected the fact that they aren't, they are very far ahead of their schedule. They're very far ahead of schedule. And so, shouldn't like, if they don't want to burn the farm system on this team and they want to push off for next year or the year after, I would get that. However, if they want to go all in, I would love to see. Kyle Gibson or Herman Marquez in a Red Sox uniform. Two guys who both could go.
3: Yeah, I mean, certainly another starting pitcher would not hurt you guys, and that's not a knock on really any of the guys in no. the rotation. But when you're going to get Kyle Gibson, and you you know you can have him start instead of I don't know a Garrett Richards or uh, even well,
2: probably be Nick Martin Perez. Martin yeah, I was Grafton. gonna
3: say, not Nick,
2: not Nick. Covella, Covella. The way he, I'm more, I'm more looking at this as a let's cut it down to four guys for a playoff role Oh, team. yeah, oh, because yeah, because that's what matters now. I, I, I mean, that's, that's what I'm starting to think more towards now. I mean, we're looking at like a 70% fan graphs is giving like a 70 some odd percent chance now, uh, that, that leads leads the uh
3: american you League. have a 91 chance to make the playoffs a 70 chance to win the al east so
2: realistically keep in mind sailed looks freaking amazing
3: it's just sim games like, i'm not concerned
2: i know you're not concerned I,
3: I, i'd love to see him do an actual rehab start against like actual batters not a computer
2: oh i know i know but like you can tell the people around him are actually really liking what they're seeing. Like not only is he going to be an upgrade, but like you, you look at the smile, like you, you watch the interviews where somebody asks Alex core about him and the smile on his face when he thinks about him coming back onto this team is just, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's a so- good
3: manager right there. supports yeah. the players makes and- good moves. There you go. Life. That's the way to do it.
2: And keep in mind, yeah, so keep in mind, he'd be coming in for Richards. So you have, right now, Sale, Ivaldi, Rodriguez, Pavetta as your rotation for the playoffs. I'd be totally fine with that. I'd be content. However, if you replaced Pavetta with Gibson, if you replaced Pavetta with Marquez, that would look a lot better. That would look really good. But again, with that being said, Marquez and Gibson, I will say right now, pipe dreams. Like that would be if they decided to move all of their chips into the middle of the table. Like if they went all in, that would be the goal. However, realistically, I don't think they go that far because I don't think they want to give up that much. I mean, Realistically, I think they don't want I don't think they will want to give up any of Tristan Cassius, Jeter Downs, or Nick York in this Jaron Duran,
3: would you be trade deadline? On?
2: I think I think Jaron Duran comes in just after that. However, again, you talk about Joey Gallo. Jaron Duran is a also a really good option for that same purpose because he could take over that everyday center field role and or or do le- or do left and put Verdugo back in center, and they could make that work better, especially with how he's tearing the cover off the ball in Triple A. So, we will just have to wait and see with that. But I mean, there, I will be fine. I will be happy with any option I get at this point.
3: Well, all right. I think that that is a good spot to wrap up today's show. Uh, yeah thank you all for listening uh be sure to follow us on twitter and tiktok both of those are at mlb daily pod and play the trivia game on twitter try to beat at BatFlip podcast i'm not sure if if you can catch up but possibly uh yeah have a good day everyone uh hope you have a good fourth and uh we'll see you tomorrow